that better? The lady who had what they call an issue of blood. We're not quite sure what that is, but it's probably a, a, a hemorrhage. <laughs> well done. High five. No? Loose connection. Loose battery. Better? Thanks, man. So let's read it together. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was on the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed in around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from the suffering. At once Jesus realized that the power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answers, and yet you ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who'd done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. So go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and said, Your daughter is dead. Why bother, to, why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus said to him, Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing outside. He went in and said to them, Why all the commotion and wailing? The child's not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and he went into where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which simply means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this they were completely astonished. It doesn't matter what stage of your life you're in, you've always got to push through the crowd. There's always something in your life that you've got to break through, that you've got to push through to get what you need. In this case, Jairus needed to get to Jesus and he had to push through the crowd. And same with the woman. She wanted to be healed and she had to push through. They were the circumstances they faced. They were literally pushing through a crowd of people to get to Jesus. But if you take a step back from the story and think about what was going on for those two people, they were actually pushing through a lot of other things at the same time, not just a crowd. They were pushing through a few things that I want to talk about this morning. The obvious part of the passage is Jesus, that he healed them, that his power and his authority gave life to a little girl who was dead and gave an incredible healing to a woman who'd been suffering incredibly for a long time. 
It's not hard to imagine the heartache and despair of Jairus, you know. For any of us that are fathers, we, we know what it would be like that your little child's dying. You'd be desperate. You'd do anything to try and find somebody, something that would heal your little child. So you can, you know the state of mind that he had. He was a pretty desperate man. He wanted to get to Jesus. He knew something or he knew enough about the Lord that that was his last chance. And so he came and he fell at his feet, begged him, begged him, not just Jesus, would you come to my place and pray for my daughter? In the front of a large crowd, he got down. You can imagine what he was like. You have got to come. You're the last chance I've got. And, you know, he might have made a fool of himself, tearing up, crying, desperate, who knows? But you can imagine what it was like. And yet for the woman, she was equally as desperate, yet she was, you know, bound up in a society that shunned her. And so she had to push through a crowd to get to Jesus. And the last thing that she wanted to do was have the spotlight on her. And yet in the end, that's what happened. You know, she was a woman that had been degraded all her life. She was bankrupt. She'd been humiliated. She was a pretty desperate woman. She was totally depersonalized. We don't even know what her name is. That sort of tells you where she was in society. We don't even know her name. And yet she pushed through the crowd and she pushed through a few other things as well. If you think about both these people, they both pushed through their pride. See, Jairus was a synagogue leader. He was a man of great standing in the, in the Jewish society. You've got to think of the context of this. He's the synagogue leader. He's like the pastor, for want of a better word. Okay, A man who applies the Jewish law in his community. And yet he goes out to a carpenter in the middle of nowhere and falls at his feet. He doesn't even know probably who Jesus is completely but he goes and begs this man. So he's got to break through his pride. He knows word's going to get back. You know, Jairus, you know what he did? He went out to that guy, you know, that, that guy that's, you know, that healer guy, and he begged him. Yet he's a Jewish priest. He's a synagogue leader. What's going on? So he had to die to his pride to go and face Jesus and beg him to come. It was a huge thing for him to do, but he was willing to put aside his self-importance to get what he needed, and he needed Jesus, and he was willing to do anything. And the woman, the same thing. She was an outcast. By Jewish law, if she was in a crowd, she had to walk around going, unclean, unclean, unclean. She couldn't be seen in society with anybody. Can you imagine what that would do to your psyche? Twelve years. The last place she wanted to be was in a crowd of people. But she knew the only way to get to Jesus was to get through the crowd. So she pushed through her pride because her, you think about it. If you've been ridiculed all your life and you've been taunted and you've been shunned, then you know putting yourself in the crowd, you're going to get more of what is being wounding you. Yet she was willing to go in there. She died to her pride. Both of these people died to tradition as well. You know, for the ruler of a synagogue to approach Jesus was way outside the Jewish law. It was not permissible. So he was stepping way outside his traditions, the boundaries of what was acceptable in his day to get to Jesus. And sometimes we've got to push through our traditions. If we want to really encounter God, some of our traditions can hold us captive. 
You know, we, we don't do this because we've been raised up in an environment where, where that's not done. But you can rob yourself of the blessing of really knowing God if you let your traditions hold you back. Sometimes you've got to push through the crowd of your traditions. I was brought up in a very strict conservative church and I know what it was like for me to push through to get into a place where I really encountered God, like raising my hands for the first time. That was pushing through the crowd. For me, it was a huge thing to do because my tradition said don't, but Jesus was over here saying come. Come and, and I'll meet you. And so we've got to push through whatever our traditions are. And the woman did that as well. She knew by Jewish law she was not allowed to be in that place. You know the irony of this story? That the one person that could have punished her for what she was doing was Jairus because he was the synagogue leader. It's amazing. He could have grabbed her and said, what are you doing here? And dragged her off and had her punished. Yet he was on this side of the social ladder, and she was here, and yet they both needed Jesus. And so it's a great leveller. We all need God, and we've all got to push through. We've all got to push through our own pride. If you want to meet with God, you're going to have to die to yourself. If you, and, and it's not just a once-off thing. We're going to keep dying to our pride and keep having to push through, keep having to push through. Men, you might have to go and get counselling. That's going to assault your pride. You might have to go and say sorry to someone who's hurt you gratefully. But if you can't forgive others, don't accept God to forgive you. You've got to push through. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's tough. But it is the pushing through that gives you the victory. If you don't push, fine, sit back. That woman could have heard about Jesus and said, oh, well. But she didn't. She pushed through the traditions. They both had to push through fear. Because you think about it, this guy Jairus had begged Jesus to come to his home Then suddenly report comes from home, your daughter's dead. Now, I reckon he would have lost it, right? And Jesus says to him, hey, Jairus, your daughter's not dead. Just believe. And you imagine the fear that would have gripped his heart and yet he had to break through the fear of not really knowing what was going on. This, this Jesus that he'd heard about and saw things was telling him one thing, yet the report from his home was, your daughter's already dead, don't bother the teacher anymore. Just, just resign yourself to your grief. Just give up. You know, sometimes we've got to push through the fear. The doctor says your, your kid won't be healed. Don't believe him if God said something else. Push through the fear. Press into God, not into man. You know, when God whispers something to you, you've got to hang on to that. And fear will come, but it's not the absence of fear. It's the pushing through the fear. There'll always be fear when you want to go on to something greater in God. It'll always be there, but you've got to push through. And for this woman, wow. Man, I, I don't know who she was, but for her to push through that crowd, to even put herself in that place, was a huge thing for her to go and, and not be fearful of the condemnation of the crowd. Someone calling her out, hey, I know who you are, you're that woman. You know, and the punishment, the ridicule that could have come, she pushed through. We both know that their reputations were on the line in what they did here in a really big way. And let's face it, Jairus could have been lost his position for what he did for going to Jesus. And uh, it, word would have spread around. The council elders would have said, what are you doing? 
Like, why are you going to this carpenter guy? What on earth are you doing? You're tearing down every tradition that the Jewish people stand for by going to this man. He could have been ridiculed and lost his job, but he still went and he still fell at the feet of Jesus. And we know the woman equally would have faced ridicule from everyone around us. And that can happen for us too, can't it? If we really believe that God's got something for us and we want to push through to that, you think about Darren. He's tested me this morning. I'm sure there's people in your past that would hear, that, would hear Darren's testimony and say, yep, he hasn't really changed, and ridicule him for, for the walk that he's on. But he'll push through it. I know he will. He'll push through it because he knows the freedom that only God can give. And sometimes we're going to be ridiculed. If we really want to go on for God, God's going to ask you to do things that might really place you in a position in your life where if Jesus doesn't turn up, you're going to look like a fool. I think that's faith. I think that's how you can test whether it's faith or not. Because if God doesn't come through, you're going to look like you're our shag on a rock. (laughs) But that's really when you know that you've put yourself in a position where God can meet you in that hardship or that, that, that awkward place that you're going through. Both of these people were pushing through the crowd, but they were pushing through a whole lot of other stuff at the same time, and they were pushing through unbelief. You know, when, when Jesus got to the home of Jairus, the scripture says that he got everyone out of the house that didn't believe. He kept Peter, James and John and the mother and father and everyone else that had laughed and had mocked him. He actually got them out of the house. Sometimes in our journey with God, we've got to get the people out of our life or don't listen to the ones who don't believe what God has placed in your heart. Sometimes you've got to push them out so that you can walk in the fullness of what God has for you. Because if, 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 if Jairus and his wife had listened to those people, they would have not bothered to follow through. So sometimes we've got to get through our unbelief. You think about the woman. She'd been to doctors for 12 years. And, and, and the sentiment of this scripture passage is that she'd been like a guinea pig. Yeah, she, like she had a, a, a gynecological, gynecological, it's hard to get out. Problem, trying to use the right words here. So you can imagine in those times, someone trying to deal with that sort of a problem would have been horrific. And all the sort of, you know, wives' tales and experiments to try and heal this woman, uh, she would have been at her wit's end. And so how could she have any more belief that something could change her after everyone in her society she'd been to and, and asked their wisdom and being a guinea pig, and I don't know what they tried, but you get the sentiment that for 12 years she'd been on this journey to get healing and she was bankrupt as a result of it, so nothing was left in her life, and yet she was still going out and saying, I think there's hope, because the scripture says she heard about Jesus and she was willing to go and conquer her unbelief. An amazing woman, an incredibly amazing woman. And unbelief is the one thing that's really going to stop us from pushing through the crowd, isn't it? You know, when God gives you a vision to do something and the, and the naysayers go, well, who are you to do that? You've got to push through that. 
Like just coming here this morning and worshipping is pushing through the crowd. Like you're not standing out in the back and pushing through to get to the front, but your physicality may not be feeling like worshipping today and you've got to push through. Maybe your pride or something's happened in your life this week and you feel distant from God. Well, you've got to push through. Maybe you don't feel like God's here in this place this morning. He's at a distance. You've got to push through. doesn't matter where you're at in life. You'll always be pushing through something. That's just the Christian life. You've got to push, and it's those that do push through that get to the victory. But your pride's going to get torn down. You're going to have to work through fear. You're going to have to risk criticism. You're going to have to deal with your own unbelief to get to the place where you get to touch Jesus. You've got to push through. You've got to keep pushing. You went the wrong way. Now, everything I've shown you this morning, we could be sitting in a secular counselling centre talking about these things because people in the world push through their pride, don't they? Husband and wife having trouble, lay down their pride, go and get counselling. People in the world struggle with fear, don't they? You know, and go to psychiatrists or whatever to deal with their fear and talk it out and try and get victory. Lots of people risk ridicule. Lots of people have to take a step of trust to believe someone can actually help them. So we could be looking at this without Jesus even involved, <laughs> couldn't we? and set ourselves on a path of, of positive thinking and go, yep, I'm going to break through. The point is the breakthrough is Jesus. Your eyes are on him. He's the one that's going to give you what you need, not you. It's Jesus. That woman knew she had to touch him. She had to get on her hands and knees and crawl through the crowd, through all the mud and push her way through just so she could touch him. Man, I'd love to have that sort of faith, wouldn't you? just to believe that if I could just touch a garment, that God was going to do something incredible. But I think the key here is for us to push through as Christians is to push through our flesh and the natural to get into the supernatural. I mean, that's the point of the passage, that Jesus did something supernatural in their lives. But to get there, they had to push through, had to push through the doubts and the fears and their own their own physical setbacks and holdbacks and break through that threshold so that they walked in the supernatural. That's the whole point of the passage, that we need to break through. And God is trying to break through in our life all the time, but he's waiting for us to push through to him, to be desperate enough to get on our knees and beg. That's what these people did. So part of the story is saying that these people were incredibly hungry knowing that Jesus was the focus. He was the one who was going to give them all their need. You know, when the, when the disciples were in the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus said, would you guys stay awake and pray with me, please? This is my most desperate moment. And yet what happened? They fell asleep, didn't they? And he said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We've got to discipline our bodies. We've got to discipline our minds. We've got to discipline our lives so that we break through. Because we're called disciples, somebody wrote somewhere, which means the root word of discipline, right? And so we, we actually break through by being disciplined in our lives and walking in the supernatural and not walking in the natural. It's not natural to be supernatural. Not for us. Not in our flesh. 
but in our spirit, it is. So let me ask you a question. When Kate was standing here this morning and she was worshipping, she was leading God, did you sense that the spiritual realm was invading the natural realm? Did you get that? Did you get when she was speaking out that something was happening in the atmosphere, that things were changing? That's where we need to live. In the supernatural realm. Even though we're in the natural, we're living in the supernatural realm. And that is only possible because of Jesus living in us by his spirit. And I want to encourage you today to whatever it is that you've got to break through in the natural, when you tear that down, you have access to the supernatural. But it can be a blockage. You can't worship God and experience God when you're full of pride. You can't worship God and experience God when you're full of fear. You can't worship God and have intimacy with him when you've got unbelief in your heart. All those things have to be broken through push through the crowd of whatever it is that's clouding in around you and get to the other side. You've got to push through. I want us to sing a song this morning. Um, we sang it at the start of the service last week. And it's really a declaration about this passage, I think, because it reflects it beautifully. It says, I need you, Jesus, to soften my heart. Because only when our hearts are soft is pride broken. And to break me apart. I think this woman and Jairus were broken. Broken people. His status didn't matter. Her lowliness didn't matter. Everything else didn't matter when their eyes were on Jesus. To break me apart. Break my tradition. Break whatever it is in my life, God, that's holding me back from getting to an intimate relationship with you. Break it. Break it. Because I need you to open my eyes. Did you hear what Mark Wilkinson said this morning? Okay, God is breaking through in his life. He's pushing through. And he's pushing through because he's being disciplined and he's starting to read God's word and he's starting to get hungry. He's like that woman. He's realized that there's so much more out there. And he's now desperate. He's got this hunger. You can see it all over him. The lights have gone on. The eyes of his heart are open. And so he's pressing into God and pressing in. And what's happening is his traditions and his fear and his pride, all those things are starting to fall away. They don't matter anymore because he knows he's got a vision of heaven. It's really beautiful. So to see that you're shaping my life. God can't shape our lives when we're full of pride and we're stubborn. God can't shape our lives when we're fearful and we won't even allow God to be at work in us. God can't shape our lives if we don't have any faith system in our life. And that's the point of this song. Give me faith to trust what you say, that you're good and your love is great. I'm broken inside, I give you my life. I need you to soften my heart, to break me apart. I need you to pierce through the dark. That's breaking through a crowd. And cleanse every part of me. I may be weak, but your spirit's strong in me. My flesh may fail, but my God, you never will. He's not good. You know, I, as I've been preparing this week, I know God is at work in a lot of people's lives. And it's a little bit like you know you're a gyrus or you know that you're like that woman you need to get to Jesus. There's, there's things in your life that you want gone. You want... You want broken, you want remedied, you want healed, but you're going to have to press through. 
People can walk with you. People can encourage you to come. But you've got to walk the journey. The thing I do know is Jesus is waiting. He didn't fail Jairus and he didn't fail that woman. His power will flow. But we've got to be willing to stand up and walk, to be counted for. You know, put your life on the line. I'll risk the ridicule. I'll risk it, Lord, to get the fullness of what God has for us. So today, I want us just to respond the way that God wants you to this morning. Coming to the front doesn't mean anything. Like it's just a, just 10, 10 footsteps. But in the supernatural, it means something very specific. That We often equate the front of a church to like an altar. And it's like putting the problem or putting the issue, the pride, the fear, the unbelief, the ridicule, whatever it is, on the altar and letting God consume it. That's how I picture the front of a church. It's like when, when uh, Abraham built the altar and sacrificed his son Isaac. It's the same principle. We come to God all the time and say, Lord, here's the burden. I want you to consume it. Here's my unbelief. Would you give me faith? to trust what you say instead of what the crowd says, instead of what the nagging thoughts in my head say. Lord, would would you let me trust you? But I believe more than anything else, God wants to break you out of the natural and into into the supernatural. And we're at a journey in the life of our church where God wants to push us through into the fullness that he has for us. It's a step of faith. What did Jesus say to the woman? Your faith has made you well. It's going to be by faith that we enter into the fullness. So I don't know if you need a healing this morning. Jesus is here. Choice is yours. Maybe there's a a relationship in your life that you really need fixed or there's someone that you cannot forgive. It's an insurmountable thing for you. It's not in God's economy. He'll tear down that unbelief if you give him a chance to minister into your life this morning. So let's stand this morning. We're going to sing. I want you to make this your prayer this morning. Close your eyes. If you don't know the words, you might have to keep your eyes open. (laughs) But worship God. Raise your hands. Break through. Break through the physical into the supernatural and ask God for what you need. And if you'd like someone to pray for you or pray with you, we'd love to do that. The most important thing is that you're the woman that walks and you're the gyrus that calls out and you're the gyrus that begs and you let Jesus meet you this morning. Let's do that together.